You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Code of conduct. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers yeah. My castle won't crumble nah. What I tackle will fumble yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it But now my feet it's up. up According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs yeah. Big says sky is the limit I look down on the ledge I push the bar like I'm opening a cell Hands in my cookie jar You won't come out with a single nail you I need all of mine The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell Even if if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest things of being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast This is your host Jay Spence the King And I am back with a banger of an episode Y'all already know, I got my man Real Mike Rob joining me tonight It's going down, it's going down so I'm going to get right into it. I'm not going to waste your time because I'm excited to talk to Mike. I know y'all excited to hear from Mike. So I'm going to just get right into it. Before I bring Mike in, there's a couple things I want to address. First of all, did my quarterback not look freaking surgical out there? My man was out there looking like he looked like he was ready for for, for surgery. For real talk. He could, he could do open heart surgery the way he was so precise with that ball. The precision. That, let me look at the stats. Let me look at the stats. 20 of 26 for 194 yards and two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And to be honest with you, a couple of those uh, incompletions, you know, I feel like one of them was just like he was in the pocket too long. And he was like, I don't feel like getting touched. Let me just throw it into the ground. Then another one was just like, I just feel like if if Josh wanted to, he could have he could have just did whatever he felt like doing, which we saw on that third and 20 play when he threw the ball on a rope to my man Gabriel Davis for a touchdown. Like it was. Third and 20. Like, are you kidding me? Third and 20. Most teams like, all right, hand it to the back, the, the running back. We just going to go ahead and, and uh, kick a field goal here. Josh is like, man, come on. Let me let me flex. Let me show y'all what it is. Shout out to my man, Josh Allen, the real MVP this season. You know what I'm saying? Like this year, I told you I was humble last year and I told you going into this season, it was going to be a little different. We got the new looks. We got the new intro music. We got the new graphics and all that stuff. So I'm going to just tell y'all I'm not as humble this year. This, this is the new Spence. Get used to it. Josh for MVP. Let's start the campaign right now before week one. Let's not like F the games. Forget the games. My man Josh Allen is MVP this year. Is going down. He's going to have, 
he's going to have the type of season that Bills fans have been dreaming about for years. Like last season, if we were to say last season wasn't the season that we've been dreaming about, it's going to be even better than that. So quote me, retweet me, come at me, come for me, whatever you want to do. If you don't agree, that's fine. Argue with yourself. Because I'm going to tell you right now, my man Josh Allen is doing it this year. But I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it moving. I got my sister joining me real, real quick. Before I bring Mike in, I'm, a, I'm starting a new segment this year where I want to talk about a lot of stuff that's going on either around the league or in the Buffalo Bills locker room. And the, the, the title of this segment is going to be called The King's Tea with T. So I want to welcome every, well, not everybody. I want to welcome my sister and introduce her to some and, and uh, you know, because really there's no introduction needed from my sister. My homegirl, T. Estelle from Built In Buffalo. What's going on, T? What's up? What's up? How you doing, bro? Man, I'm good. I'm loving I'm loving life. After Saturday, I'm loving life. My man Josh right? is out there just wheeling and dealing. Doing whatever he wanted to do. And it, it was like, it was almost like he, he was like, look, y'all gonna let me do this because I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah, not even that. The numbers that he had Boy, he played up until the second half, right? Yep, yep. The numbers that he had, though, those were like his first year numbers. For the game. Yeah. Yeah, you, you add two interceptions to that and maybe 100 or maybe 60 rushing yards, and that was a yeah. full game for Josh Allen his yeah. rookie year. How improved is this guy? And then on How top is- of it, you're, you're talking about it being his numbers, but the accuracy numbers don't. You know what I mean? He was right. 20 for 26. His rookie right. year, that would have been maybe 15 for 32. Yep. yep. This is this is this is what we living with. So yep. did you get a chance to go to the game? I did not. I was going to, then I was like, it was too hot. And then I had a baby shower to go to. But I um watched the first two quarters at home. And then at halftime, I went to the baby shower and I watched the rest of it over there that I could watch. So yeah, I've seen some of the stuff though. The first two quarters I seen, the most important quarters I seen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it was hot yesterday too, actually, or Saturday, from what I mm-hmm. hear. So, I saw one of the replays um, from the Gabriel Davis touchdown. He actually there was a he did like the McGregor like the yeah. walk thing, and the 4K or it was the 8K camera that that we got to see. His arms were sweaty though, so I could yeah. tell how hot it was. Yeah. Um. What? Just from your before we get into the T with T. Um. From your perspective, looking at that game and looking at that, um, what what was your takeaway from the offense? You know, do you feel do you feel more confident than last year? Are you kind of thinking that because I'm hearing around certain circles that we feel like Josh Allen might take a step back, even not a huge step back, not necessarily in a negative manner, but that he might take a step back. What's your takeaway? I was saying that because of the run game, that if he does take a step back, it's because the run game became effective in um, in this offense. Um, but the offense really looked good. I mean, they held their own. They gave him time to, you know, check down his progressions. He really looked good. It seemed like he had, um, some time in there. I mean, there was a busted play, the one play where he got, he, you know, he just sat down and got sacked. But other than that, I think they played well together. And again, they haven't played well. That unit hasn't played well. I mean, haven't played together. No snap. So, I mean, I think that those five, those, those, you know, those guys up there, it's nothing. It's just going to, I said game, I did a podcast and I said by game six, these guys, and I, I'm, I may be saying game five or even four, but game six, that offensive line is going to be all right. It's going to be good. They're going to be clicking. Personally, I think, I think going into the season, they're fine. I really do. do? Um, oh, okay. Seeing, seeing what I saw Saturday, 
the things that that impressed me, a they were able to, and I know it was backups too. So I understand it wasn't the the green Bay starting defensive line, but they were able to get a push. So on those plays where normally it would seem like Devin or or Zach would only get like a yard or two on something, they were getting four and getting five. So so what that shows me is that the offensive line made it a point to say, no, we're going to pick these yards up. And if, if those guys are doing that during the season, I'm with it. The defensive line impressed me. So the length and the speed that we're seeing out of our rookies, as well as, you know, AJ Epinesa looks good. He He does. He Um, really does. That way he took off. He looks really, he looks slim and quick. He does look quick. He does. And and I was low on AJ. So, you know, I was, I was the guy saying like, he going to get cut. So I was, (laughs) I was absolutely seeing what I see now. I was wrong. And I, you know, I'm man enough to come out and be like, nah, AJ stepped his game up. Ain't no way he's going nowhere. I right. think FA Obata sticks. Okay, because he's Somebody, everybody's saying he's on a bubble. I don't know how. I, I don't know how I, it from what it so let me let me ask you then because from what it looks like, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott want speed and length on the defensive yeah. line to disrupt the passing lanes and also to mm-hmm. get to the quarterback. When when Greg Rousseau goes out, FA Obata isn't the same as as F as uh, Greg, right. but he has a lot of the same characteristics. His wingspan, yes. So if, yeah. if he's on the bubble and you cut him, you're going. So really, teams will take advantage of that weakness if now the length is gone when Greg goes mm-hmm. out for a breather. So right. I don't I don't quite see it the same way. I see it as the other guys on the line. Who do you you know? So your perspective? Do you think it's FA? Do you, who do you think gets? I don't. Left I don't out? think it's. I don't think it's FA. I mean. I don't really do fifty three. Um, who stays? Who goes? Because I. I don't think I'm well equipped to to say who's going, who's leaving. Right. Sure. So I'm I'm in this mindset of listen, I think we need a change in our defense. And if that length is there, then you stay there. I think Sean in um being went out of their way to do to make a different um a different team, a different um, look for the defense. So mm-hmm. I think now it's like you said, it's speed and length. And last year it wasn't that; it was more bulky. You know what I'm saying? But this mm-hmm. year, I think they 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 wanted this, and I think they got what they want. And once, man, this defense, that defense, yeah, um, yesterday, yeah, I'm I was really surprised. I was really surprised. And even though, like you said, it was backups, but it's still. I think they needed to burn. Like um, Leslie Fraser said in his presser, he said he wanted those guys to shake off some rust and they shook yeah. some rust off. And I'll tell you what, uh, Brandon Bean said on the broadcast, I know you watched the first half you said, so mm-hmm. when Brandon Bean was on, Brandon Bean talked a lot about um, just how the defensive line at the moment is a strength. So right. whereas last season, it wasn't necessarily looked at as a strength, but going into the season, they fully expect the defensive line to be like, it's one of it's one of the strengths of the team. So, right. you know, I, I just can't see F.A. about it. And shout out to F.A.'s mom naming him F.A. I mean, I know my nickname is Hefe, so it's not the same like it's his actual name. But I just want to shout out Mrs. Obata for that, because because it's a plug for me to be like F.A. and Hefe on the ones. That's what's up, right? <laughs> you got, now you got to have him on. You know what? I'm going to hit F.A. up. I got to have him on for that. So I can, I'm going to do a whole intro. F.A. and F.A. on the ones and twos. I'm a, Look at, I don't know see? why I keep saying ones and twos. Like we It's okay. <laughs> you old school. That's all. I am. I'm old school as hell. <laughs> but yo, so this segment is called The King's Tea with T. And uh, last week, there was a, a couple fines that went out. 
and Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie both got fined for, um, I don't want to say refusing to follow league protocols or anything like that, because I know that's how it's worded, but I more so want to say they were fined for improperly wearing face masks or the lack thereof at certain times when they were in the building or on the sidelines. Right. A few weeks back, we, we know that our starting left tackle, uh, Dion had contracted the virus. He, he, wasn't doing well like he actually he came out and said that there were times where he thought yo i might not make it through this right so now you fast forward and we see our guys getting fined for this and isaiah mckenzie then turned around now he's posting the picture he's like look i got this i, I, right. I got my vaccine right. so so he got his first shot what what is your take on this like so this is the t we're gonna be talking about um the distraction in the locker room as far as the covid situation mm-hmm. as far as vaccination so what's your take on the way this whole thing is playing out well, I think I read or heard that they were lead officials in the the building. So if you knew that there were lead officials in the building, why wouldn't you do your best to have that mask on? And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they provide masks all over the building. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and you like, I don't have one side of the, of the, of the COVID thing cause I am vaccinated, but I still have an open mind. Um, but you are out here going against what the policies are. You're putting a, a, a mark on your back. You're putting a mark on the team's back. Sean is annoyed. <laughs> you could tell in his presser. Very. He was annoyed. I've never seen, like, I don't personally know this guy, this coach, but you can tell body language, the way he looked. He is annoyed. He's about winning W's. That is it. Mm-hmm. If I, I'm, I'm trying to get an advantage over a team. So if you being vaccinated, is that advantage? I need for you to fall in line and be vaccinated. That's a fact. And you know what I mean? So I just think, and he, you know, he just seems like he's like no cut. He's just like, listen, this is what it is. And, and I get it because your window for a Super Bowl is so small. So yeah. we are saying this year we're running to we're trying to make the Super Bowl where this is our window. I need you to do everything in your power to be on the field. And if you're not being vaccinated is hindering that. Listen, and I'm not saying cut them because I'm not. I'm listen. Fans would be tripping. Man. Cut them. <laughs> cut them. Huh? You talk about cutting the best, best or slot second receiver. best slot receiver in the league. Like we're not talking about cutting. And then so last week I actually tweeted out because I saw a lot of people saying that, like, cut them. And I'm like, y'all got to chill. And the thing is, I don't care if it's the best player on the roster or the guy that probably won't make the roster. I think the decision that needs to be made is only regarding talent. So, like, if if you're good enough to make the team, you make it. If you're not, you don't. I don't think covid vaccinations or. Um, obviously health concerns should be a factor. Like mm-hmm. hey, if this guy has a torn ACL and he just can't do it, that's one thing. But I'm right. when it comes to personal choice about what I put in or what I don't put into my body, I don't think that should be a factor. So, you know, just, just for the record, like we really got to chill as a fan base. Yeah. We really got to chill. Like, and- we're so passionate. That's, you know, we're so passionate. We have a good team now and everybody's just on this high of, we, if you're not going to do this, then get rid of them. Like we can't be that way. Like, I mean, we got those fans that are that way, but I don't take none of that stuff personally because listen, this is not my team. This is not our team personally, but I mean, you know what I mean? We're not running, you know, uh, the team, but as fans, we just want to win. We just want to see them win. And whatever that, whatever that is, if that's getting a, that's getting a vaccination, 
then get that vaccination, I guess. ASAP. ASAP. And, <laughs> and I'm, well, I put you on the, on the standpoint first where it's like, you know, I, I'm open minded to people making personal decisions. Mm-hmm. But now when I'm coming about this football thing, like for me as a fan or even as a business person, if you're looking at Sean McDermott and you're looking and then you look at the numbers around the league, around the league, teams are at like 94 percent to 100 percent, 92 percent. The bills were still lower 80s, like 83, I think I saw. So when when you look at that, it's like we very seriously could. We just saw before the preseason game, Cole Beasley, Isaiah McKenzie, I think Star. uh, There was like. I think there was a total um, of five, four or five yeah, players. Um, Vernon, Vernon Butler. So, so in yeah. that sense, there during the season. So, say as week whatever. What week do, do we play the the Chiefs? I, I can't remember off the top, Ooh. but say whatever week that is, and then say Thursday, Cole Beasley and whoever is around a coach who tested positive for COVID. So now yeah. they have to do tracing and all that stuff and now they have to be away from the team for five days so now we don't have cole beasley against the kansas city chiefs right so now it's like okay look cole business-minded conversations here so i have a question for you Mm -hmm. so you say that and then i don't know if that's what they did so cole beasley was around somebody who tested positive right and then he played on saturday now, you mm-hmm. think that was a point for them to do that because of like, you know, because Sean does some things like just like he just put in Trubisky for a play just to see if he was going to be ready whenever mm-hmm. his number was called. So do you think they did that as a team, as an organization, say, listen, OK, put him in because I want people to see that if that does happen, he can still play. You know what I mean? I mean, possibly. I, th- I think, you know, I think the thing with playing all the starters is I, I think they really wanted to, to have the, the starters get reps together okay. before going into the season. But gotcha. to your point, it very well could have been one of those things like, well, no, we don't need to, because they don't need to see Cole. Right. So it's also could have been like, look, let's put the dude out there. Cause y'all sleeping on my guy, Cole Beasley. And, and like right. looking at the stats yesterday, uh, Saturday, he had four for 52. So like yeah. he's still doing those things. Yeah. And so we absolutely don't want to, can't, would never cut Cole Beasley. So let's just no. <laughs> let's just get that done. So, yeah. but look, T, thank you for for doing this. Yeah. This, so, Absolutely. ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a weekly thing. T is going to be joining me every Tuesday night um, for 15, 10 minutes or whatever, and mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about the drama around the league or the drama in the Bills <laughs> locker room. So, before you get out of here, T, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Because now you got a new home and you're doing big things this season. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm part of the Building Buffalo, uh, yeah, Building Buffalo um, Network podcast. Um, over there, I'm on Thursdays. I drop Thursdays. I try to drop it at four. If it doesn't happen at four, it will drop. But I'm on also live on Facebook on the network, the Building Buffalo Network. So you can catch okay. me there. I'm also on Twitter as T Estelle mm-hmm. or not uh, not your average podcast. So yeah, follow what me. I'll follow on? you back. Real quick, I know I said that was the last question, but, but when are y'all going to transition to like the YouTube and all that other stuff? Because like, for instance, like when I go live, I'm on Twitter, like you see me on a Twitter timeline, you'll see me on Facebook, you'll see me on. When are you going to migrate to that? Or is that in the works? I oh Jay, I just don't like to do all of that because I get nervous and I, you already know, you know, this is big for me because, you know, I do not like doing this. But well, you pull you pull you're pulling me out a little bit. So it's not in the works yet, but once it is, you'll be the first to know. 
Well, just know I love you and I, I push the Thank people you. I love. So that's what I'm doing. You know, I know, I know you me and you have had these talks. Yeah, yeah. I know we had these talks. <laughs> and uh, I, I, the thing is, I see I see that you're great in this space and I Thank see you. that that you can be even greater. So I'm like, nah. T's part of the squad. We doing this. Yeah, you definitely. I have have to thank Joe Miller for introducing me to you. Best thing ever that happened in my life. And once we talked, we just clicked. So it was is is great. And I appreciate you. Know I appreciate you. I say it all the time. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. And, and I'm I'm here. I'm in Buffalo Friday, so oh, okay. I need to make sure. And I, I know I'm busy Friday. And like I'm doing a couple events, but. We got to get that cigar and 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 beer yes. or whiskey talk that we was talking about. So don't yes, don't let me sure. don't let me fly out without getting that cigar in. Okay, okay, All right. for sure. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, my sister, my homegirl, Tia Stell with the Built in Buffalo Network. Now, I am ready to introduce my special guest for the evening. Let's get this it. It's a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all already know I've been talking about this for a few weeks now. I got the 2006 fourth round draft pick from the San Francisco 49ers, a pro bowler. I got the dude that's a Super Bowl champion with the Seattle Seahawks when they dismantled. Let's talk about dismantling the Denver Broncos, who was actually favored at the time, yeah. you know, and then he retired off of that, you know, rode into the sunset on top and he's currently one of the most beloved bills mafia members in the media he's an analyst on nfl network he's the man that my grandmother knows because he got a chance to kick it with victor newman on the young and the restless yeah. <laughs> joining me today is the very special guest not the imposter but the real mike rob what's going on man man what's going on man glad to be on the show big dog man what an entrance man i gotta come on a little bit more man that's what's up hey anytime i have it bigger and better for you man yeah you know man, but uh First, first question I got to ask you, though, and this, this leads okay. from right from my intro. You you've been actually riding with the Bills and Bills Mafia before, like before the Josh Allen MVP talk, before he developed into like a good, like, you know, very good quarterback. What what got you? You know, what made you see the light from a Bills fan perspective? What made you say, you know what? No, I can ride with Bills Mafia because because there's something special going on there. Well, well, look, man. So first of all, all the people that know me, man, that, that, that follow what I do. Um, there's a reason why I call myself real Mike Rob dog. I, I try not to look at things in a subjective way. I look at just the facts of the matter. I look at everything that's out there and I, and, and, and I come to a conclusion and just seeing how um, Brandon Bean and, and, uh, and Sean McDermott were building this organization. Um, I, I've been a Sean McDermott fan for years. I like his demeanor. I like how he cares for players. I like how he listens to players. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I thought he was a brilliant defensive coordinator, especially with the coverage side of things. I mean, dude, some of the things that this defense does in the red zone is pretty special, man, like with coverage. And that's not a sexy topic on mainstream, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> football outlets, but, like, the real football heads truly understand what this man means to like red zone defense, man. And I, and you know, I don't want to get too football-y, but yeah. So that's how I look at the game. And when they drafted Josh Allen, I'm just like, damn man, like this dude probably could run Lamar Jackson's offense and be okay. Like run for a thousand yards. You know what I'm saying? And, and be all good. But he could also run like the old school Jim Kelly or Warren Moon offense, run and shoot. He can touch any spot on the field. And I'm just like from I'm just looking at genetics, just looking at it from an arm talent standpoint. 
there's just not another guy like him out there. Like people always talk to me about the LeBron James, Michael Jordan debate. I think Michael Jordan is the greatest winner to ever play basketball. He was, but you just got to look at facts, right? Like LeBron is so big can jump. I mean, yeah, you got to give it to him. You know what I'm saying? That's how I looked at uh, Josh Allen, man. You, you just can't take nothing from the guy. I just think he can play in any offense that uh, a creative uh, coordinator can give to him. I actually had a take um, a couple of weeks ago on a different show I put out and I, I put it up on, on Twitter as like a little, you know, video post. But I basically compared Josh to LeBron, not in the sense of because obviously LeBron now has four titles and, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's taking teams to the promised land. Josh hasn't quite got there yet. We're going into year four. He has time to do it. But from the perspective of the angle was, look, LeBron is like the perfect body for basketball he's bigger than everybody (laughs) he's faster than everybody he jumps higher than everybody when he first came into the league he couldn't shoot you know that's why he lost his first championship really he couldn't shoot the long ball he -hmm. ended up developing that josh couldn't he couldn't you know really figure out the deep ball the second year he 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 worked on his arm and his release or whatever that he had going on he worked on his footwork and his mechanics but to your point he's bigger than everybody he could run pretty much the same type of offense lamar does but Again, he has all of these different attributes that really, if you take a step back, it's like, yo, this dude's different. So exactly, bro. Exactly. Well, so, so to that, what you saying that speaking of pre pre MVP caliber, Josh, I feel like in the national attention or the national spotlight, it was like Mel Kuyper Jr. And you <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and aside from that, it was a lot of hate. So. I know you said you look at facts and you look at what Josh could bring to the table, but he didn't have it on film. So what made you comfortable sharing those takes on the network? Because I know you got backlash. I know yeah. you had to. Oh, yeah, man. Like, and again, I love the city of Buffalo, too. I just like just just a hardworking type of a city. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I came up, you know, I ain't going to say through no, you know, through the ghetto or nothing like that, man. But I came up to a pretty hard area in Richmond, Virginia. And to me, you know, uh, that adversity builds character and that, and that character breeds hope in what you can do better for yourself, man. And I just think that the spirit of Buffalo, Josh, to me, just embodies that. And, and so I, I just, I wasn't shy about it. You know what I'm saying? I think it was like two and a half years ago. I might've, I might've maybe almost three that I said something that, that Josh Allen was going to be like that. And again, when you watch the guy sit in the pocket and throw the football, man, it's just like, he can hit any spot on the field. Like people always ask me, Mike, I know you see some type of weak spot with the Bills, and I do. I really think they should be able to run the ball a little bit more. Yeah, but but if you got a guy, how could you how why would you call a run with that quarterback? You know what I'm saying? Like he can throw the three yard out and you can let Stefan Diggs go do his thing. You can let Cole Beasley go do his thing. I mean, there's ways to to, to, to supplement that that run game, but I just know that the biggest hurdle is the Kansas cities of the world. And, you know, when you get into the Super Bowl, obviously um, Tampa Bay and, and, and the heavyweights on the NFC, there's going to come a time in games where the Bills going to have a lead and that lead is going to have to be protected and you got to do the smart thing, right? And the smart thing is going to be to run the football and milk, milk time off the clock because you just can't give Patrick Mahomes too many chances. You know what I'm saying? You just can't give Tom Brady too many chances. And that's what throwing the football so much late in the game, that's what it does to you. So I think 
being able to run the football, establishing that four-minute offense, which I think Sean McDermott and the guys did, man, it's, you know, they've been at the offensive line, man. They've been at the line of scrimmage. You can't win in this league without an offensive line in the secondary. And I just talked about how ill McDermott was with the secondary calls, you know what I'm saying, and Leslie Frazier as the defensive coordinator, and they've been working on the offensive line. So we'll see, man. To me, again, the arrow's pointing up, man. I, I got him right there at the championship game this year. I I haven't made my predictions going forward from that. So um, <laughs> that'll be a little bit later in the, uh, early in the season. Well, so, I mean, to your point about the running game, though. So last year I got, when I tell you, I got dragged in Buffalo because obviously it was our first year having a, a quarterback like this. Yeah. Like the offense didn't look like this for a long time. So now we can we can move it like that. So everybody's like, man, forget the run game, forget the run game. But my point was, look, it's going to get to a point where once you hit the playoffs, you're going to be playing against teams that, no, I mean, Josh won't be stopped, but they're mm-hmm. going to find a way to slow him down. And what we saw, obviously, the AFC Championship, we had some injuries. Cole Beasley was playing on, you know, a, I think a broken tibla or whatever. Yeah, it, something was mm-hmm. wrong with him. Steph, Steph Diggs had a, like a fractured rib cage or something like that. So we had a beat up offensive team. The running game just was not there. And to your point, the running game needs to improve. As a running back, man, um, I wanted to ask you about Devin Singletary because last year, so he was benched in the AFC Championship game after dropping that pass. I believe it was in the third quarter or the second quarter. Mm-hmm. He was benched for the remainder of the game. Now, this preseason, he looked quick. He looks, you know, he looks more decisive. He looks like the game is kind of slowing down for him and he's figuring things out. Um, what What are your thoughts on Devin? And, and you know, we can. I'm, I'm going to follow up with, with a Zach Moss question after. But right now, like, what do, what do you feel about Devin after seeing what we saw last year and then this this quick little glance that we got to see from preseason? I like Motor, man. Uh, Devin Singletary, man. I uh, I called a couple Conference USA games. Um, and I what, what was it? What was the school? What was it Flo- not Florida Atlantic? Yeah, Flo- not Florida. Yeah, yeah. Florida Atlantic. Yeah, I, I called one of their games, and uh, I mean, he's beloved down there, man. Mm-hmm. And so, first and foremost, the human being, man, he's a great dude. And obviously, I blocked for Frank Gore um, earlier in my career, early in both of our career, the Hall of Famer, Frank Gore, the future Hall of Famer. Um, and talking to Frank about it, man, Frank loved the kid, man. He said the kid soaks up information. Um, he, 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 he's a guy that doesn't make the same mistake twice, and he cares. So that's all you can want in a, a, that's all you can want in a teammate. You know what I mean? Um, I do think they need to get him the ball in space more. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him on jet sweeps and stuff like that a little bit more this year. At least that's what I would do. It's about getting the kid in space. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he can't run the ball between the tackles, but it's about getting the kid in space. I think he can have a Kamara type of effect on this offense. Now, wow. again, I don't want people to go crazy and I'm comparing him to Alvin Kamara, right. but an Alvin Kamara type effect. You can line him up outside. You can throw him the football. He can, he's a matchup. Um, in the passing game, and I do think he's a little bit more powerful between the tackles than, you, than people give him credit for. Uh, I, I think Devin is just a product right now of the type of offense and just how good the quarterback is right now, man. I mean, the offense goes through Josh's arm, which is old freaking K with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but again, Bill Belichick always talks about situational football. When you have to run the ball, you got to be able to run the ball. And like my mentor and one of my old coaches, Joe Paterno, used to tell me all the time, Mike, there's so many factors that can go wrong when you throw the football. 
The offensive line has to block. I mean, all five of them, at least four or five of them, have to win their blocks. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The guy, the receiver has to run it at the right route. The quarterback has to be feeling good. He has to have good grip on the ball. I mean, the pass has to be there. There's so many factors. And when you're running the football, you're like Larry Allen used to tell me, you're taking another man's will. That's mm-hmm. all you're doing. You're just taking a guy, picking him up, moving him to the side, and letting the running back run. And, and to me, again, like you mentioned earlier, in the playoffs, late in games, that's vital. It's paramount that you be able to run the football. And I think, I think Sean McDermott and Brian Dayball and the whole staff are starting to realize that. Well, and I don't, I don't think, um, t- so again, I don't want everybody to go crazy. Like you said, don't go crazy. We're not comparing him to Alvin Kamara in the sense of like talent level and, and production level, but I don't think the bills need him to be the, the production level of Alvin Kamara. We yeah. just need somebody that that when the other team knows, okay, they about to run the clock out. We yep. need him to still be able to pick up four yards, five yards to carry in those situations and continue to run the clock out as opposed to a three and out. So, you know, now just moving forward, the, the follow-up to that was about Zach. So Zach, his, his stock as far as trust and confidence, the team trusts him. Mm-hmm. They have confidence in him all day. Um, but now in the preseason, he hasn't really appeared to to have the same type of production that Devin does. But he had the, the ankle injury over the offseason. What do you how do you see Zach? I love Zach. I think um, yeah. personally, I would like to see Zach featured more in, in like that RB1 role. But I think to your point, I think Devin, if he gets in space, he's scary. So um, how do you view Zach Moss in this offense and, and going forward with the, the combination, what they can do for this offense and Josh I look, Allen? I look at it as a one two punch. I, I really do. Um, to me. And if I was in that running back room or if I was that running back coach, I'd be ta- I would I'd be telling both of those guys, don't look at this as whoever gets to start is the number one guy. You guys are both number ones, right? Mm-hmm. There'll be some matchups where, where Devin is going to be the lead dog because maybe we're going against New England and we want we, we found a, a way to motion to get a high tower in, in coverage. And I know Devin can take his lunch every single day. So he'll be playing more this game. Or maybe you're playing Miami who maybe got a little bit smaller linebackers and, you know, just the nature of their defense, you want to bang them a little bit. Well, Zach going to get a little bit more to tote this week with a little bit of Matt Braid on the outside to be able to stretch it. I mean, there's just ways to use all of these guys, man. Again, because of the wide openness of the offense. Again, I tell people all the time, yeah, I, I could give you Patrick Mahomes as the top arm talent in this National Football League. I can give you that. But if he's 1A, Josh Allen's 1B. I mean, it, it just is. Now, again, I'm not saying don't be smart with the football and not run it when you have to. But um, I just it's just not a lot. I'm not I'm not seeing this kid not be able to do. You know what I'm saying? On the football field. So and, and the teammates that I've spoken to. He has a great attitude because I ain't going to lie. I, I thought, you know, I had you have opinions about guys. You see what I'm saying? I didn't know how Josh would be, you know, coming coming into the National Football League, being a young kid. You know what I'm saying? Not seeing much. But he yeah, he wanted them dudes. You feel me? Yeah. He wanted them yeah. dudes from what I from, from from what I hear. So, yeah, I would play for him. Well, Josh, we're going we gonna to get a little bit more into Josh because I actually we had an interaction on Twitter where I was like, yo, we're going to act a fool on this show. And, and what, what Josh did Saturday in the preseason game, we're we going to talk about Josh. So but yeah. before we get off the running backs, man, um, there's two more questions as far as the running backs I want to ask you, because the first thing is as a fullback. And I know you, you, you know, you blocked for some great guys. You mentioned mm-hmm. um, Frank Gore. 
another one in Marshawn Lynch, who everybody in Buffalo loves. Obviously, we drafted him. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The beast. It, it, we'll talk about Marshawn, too. But um, one of the questions I wanted to ask from that thing, that role, I think the casual fan, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, people who, you know, mm-hmm. if you hear that, but. I don't think they value fullbacks the same way that Hell no, they don't value fullbacks, man. <laughs> Keep it funky, man. They don't value fullbacks, dog. Like, I don't know, man. We we do a lot of dirty work. We're like a moving fullback. I yeah. mean, for real. We, I mean, I mean, not a moving fullback. We're like a moving guard. Really, you have two guards, a center, and your fullback's like a moving guard. I I, I did just as much pulling as James Carpenter did. You know what I'm saying? Our guard at the time. I mean, it's. You don't get you don't get a lot of the appreciation in the media, but yet if you talk to your back, you talk to the running back that's running behind you. Oh yeah, he appreciate those little those little just sometimes getting a guy's arm, sometimes or cutting the guy in space where you know Beast Mode used to tell me all the time. Oh, I used to tell him all the time, dude. If this dude is coming down at me, we we used to call it we used to say pop the clutch. That means slow down a little bit because I'm about to chop this dude down, especially by Erlacher. He was like that all the time because he was just a big, tall dude. And uh, I'm, I used to tell him, pop the clutch, slow it down. I'm going to chop him down. It's going to be some bodies. And, then, you know, that's what fullbacks do for you, man. And if you can catch out of the backfield like my man Juice up in, uh, in San Francisco, man, you make yourself a very wealthy fullback and you make yourself that much more valuable. Well, so the Bills have Reggie Gilliam on the roster mm-hmm. and and last year he made the roster as like a I guess some people want to look at him like a hybrid tight end slash fullback. This preseason, it looks like Sean McDermott and Brian Dayball kind of said, you know what, let's shift this a little bit. Let's see if we can get him involved. He got two rushing touchdowns this preseason. I don't mm-hmm. know how well that's going to translate into the year. Like, I don't know if that's going to be a play that they call, but. I think they should. Uh, obviously, what do you have? You gotten a chance to kind of look at Reggie, or, or you know, what are your thoughts on Reggie fil- rounding out that running back room and adding some protection for Devin and Zach? Yeah, man. So I only catch him on a lot of the run, a lot of the run plays. I'm not gonna lie. Um, when I'm watching the pat, especially in the preseason, when I'm watching the passing game, I'm really looking at Josh. I'm looking at mechanics. I'm looking at you know. Cause I coach a little, I coach young football player, young uh, quarterbacks here in Richmond, Virginia as well. So, I mean, some of the things he does, he puts on a clinic from a quarterback standpoint. So that's a lot of the times I'm watching the passing game. Um, But I think he's serviceable as a blocker. I'm not going to say he's going to sit here and move a bunch of guys and things like that. But a lot of times in, in this offense, especially because this offense has so much space in it because of the nature of the guys on the outside and ability of the quarterback. Um, you don't necessarily need a guy that's just moving guys out of the hole. And, 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 and really the, the nature of the running backs as well, you know, Devin can make people miss. So can Zach and Zach's more of a bruiser. So more people are scared to tackle him. Um, so to speak. And, and Matt and Matt is just a, just a speedster on the outside. So um, I think he's ser- again, serviceable. You, you're going to need him when you got, when you got two and three tight end sets for later on in games. I think uh, he, I think he's going to be an asset in special teams as well. And uh, if they can be giving them the ball in certain situations too, that's just something else the defense got to prepare for. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you mentioned that now when you watch the Bills, you kind of pay attention to Josh's mechanics. So let's kind of dig mm-hmm. into Josh a little bit because that's my dude. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, baller, man. So when we drafted Josh, I was a – and I'm still a Tyrod Taylor fan. I love Tyrod. Mm-hmm. So he was the quarterback when the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. 
however you want to look at that if because some people say well he didn't lead them to the playoffs they needed to, whatever right he he won nine games that year if the bills didn't win nine games they wouldn't have been in a position for you know the the Bengals to win that game over the ravens to send us there he so the i look at it like he was the quarterback y'all needed man at the time right. man so so tyrod did that thing and i was a fan of tyrod so when we drafted josh i was i wasn't i wouldn't say i was disappointed but i was i was underwhelmed because of the way the media covered him it was like oh he's raw he's not gonna be this and the bills he was raw he He was was raw josh was completing what about 50 percent of his passes that first year he was raw. if you had seen his seen his college tape he'd be like damn man i mean i can see i can see it but but damn man like you know he 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 needs some work but he put in the work well, that was my problem because I felt like as a Bills fan, we just suffered two decades, like literally two decades of having, you know, subpar play. We had some great moments, mm-hmm. but subpar play at the quarterback position. So I'm like, man, give me Lamar. He won the Heisman. Give me Lamar. That's who I wanted. That's true. Especially having Tyrod. I felt like having Tyrod, give me the mobile quarterback that's going to do the thing, right? I was wrong. Not not with Lamar. He would have been great, but I was wrong to not be happy about Josh. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at him and you're saying now he's putting on a clinic with these mechanics. What do you see differently from year one to now going into year four when you look at his mechanics and you look at the way he throws and the control of the offense? What do you see that makes it say, no, nah, Bills fans, y'all, last year wasn't a fluke. This is this is going forward. Well, I just don't see, and again, this, again, this may be a little bit more technical than you may want to hear for, but like he used to overstride so much that, and that overstriding would make him so inaccurate. When you overstride, it drops your elbow, and it would just make him so inaccurate. He, you see the ball sailing so many times, and you're like, "Damn, did he did he throw that ball like twenty feet over the guy's head? <laughs> like he would? That was way off." But it was, he was overstriding, and um, a, a, a friend of mine, uh, you know, um, Jordan Palmer. Guy he's worked with in the offseason, you know, you can say what you want to about Jordan, but Jordan works with the guys, man. He gets the most out of the guys. And it's really all about reps. I tell my life coach clients all the time, there's two ways to there's two ways to to program this human this human organism we live in. It's through the first five to seven years of your life or through reps. Ten thousand reps of something creates a habit. And what Josh did was he dedicated himself the last few off seasons. And got as many reps of the correct mechanics in as he possibly could, and so just like on that touchdown, that that one of the that that laser beam he threw to um my man Davis, um, bro, did you see it? He stood in the pocket, quiet feet. He bounced kind of on on the balls of his feet, and when he let it rip, I mean, he let it rip. He transferred the the weight and the motion from the ground all the way through his hips. Through the end of the arm, I mean, and it looked like he just placed it, like he just handed him the ball, yeah. like he just, and it just hit him right there in the face, man. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to have that type of arm talent. Again, that's why you see so many guys draft quarterbacks. They all want the Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers got crazy arm talent like that too, the Patrick Mahomes, and now you can say the Josh Allen's. I've always thought personally, um, and I'm sure NFL players like yourself would disagree here, but I always felt like, to me, Aaron is the GOAT. So, like, I know there's been a ton the of to quarterbacks, the go to of quarterback play. Like, I know he ha- he doesn't have the championships Brady has, and I know you can't you but, can't call somebody the goat with one championship, bro. But see, and that this this is the debate I always get into. You People can't. talk about the championships, and I look at I look at championships personally as a team accomplishment. It is. I don't look at it, but as a player, if the team around you, if the if the 
franchise or the yeah the franchise doesn't give you support. So if if his defensive um, teammates weren't up to par, I can't put that on on Aaron. But when I'm talking about just like me as a fan watching the quarterback play, I think the things that I've seen Aaron do consistently throughout his career have been phenomenal. Let me tell you um, something. If if that was the case, you paying so oftentimes the quarterback eats up a large percentage of your cap. Mm-hmm. Unless you've been to Tom, like Tom Brady, who say, look, man, give me my signing bonuses, pay me on the back end, do me something different. Let's build a team around me. Tom has never been the highest paid quarterback. Aaron has a few right. times. Mm-hmm. Just like my man Russell out in Seattle. I love him, but he's been the highest paid guy a few times. Why do you have to be that? There's so many ways you can get your bread. Drew Brees, he's been the highest paid guy before. They all got one Super Bowl. Right. Tom Brady... Again, to me, man, this game is about winning championships, bro. It if this game was about standing outside in some shorts and seeing who got the best <laughs> arm, yeah, then I can give you that one. But that quarterback position, if the team is nice, the quarterback gonna be up for the MVP. Right, the quarterback right. gonna be up for the MVP. If they go win that Super Bowl, Eli was terrible most of the season. He got hot in the playoffs. He made a couple passes in the Super Bowl. Eli gonna win that MVP. Facts. You see what I'm saying? So you you get all of this, I don't know, all of this social capital, so to speak, being the quarterback. And you, it, when you win, but you don't want to be blamed for not getting the championships. And for real, when I look at Aaron Rodgers, he could have had he could have at least been in the Super Bowl last year if he would have scrambled on that third down. He could have walked. It was right there. Yeah. It was yeah. Right there. So and, and- I hear that debate. Well, I hear that debate. I'm not saying so. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not talking about the when when we're talking about the full thing and you're talking about championships. I'll give you that. I'm talking about. So if I'm going to take somebody, if I'm building a team and Uh you tell me, grab one guy from their prime based on what they can do on the field. Not talking about what they've done in their careers and what their teams have won. To me, I've always said, yo, Aaron Rodgers is the dopest guy I've ever seen. Throw a football, throw it on a scramble, like throwing on a run like that to either side. I just feel like he's always been the guy that now I'm seeing Josh Allen be. And now that oh, I'm yeah. seeing Patrick I can agree Mahomes. with that. I can agree with that. And I would and I would have totally agreed until 17 came through that thing, man. I mean, Josh Allen, bro, he he he's something different, man. And again, like I said, I even when I watched him coming out of college, I wasn't too sure on him. You know what I'm saying? I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude, legit, man. Dude, legit. Now he he gotta stay healthy and you know. He got to win the championships, in my opinion. He going to just be right there at the cusp of super elite until he, he got to win the championships. Patrick Mahomes is showing. Yeah. I can go to a championship every excuse me, every single good. year. <laughs> you feel We're me? not on the network. We're not yeah. on the network. you good. <laughs> every damn year. You feel me? Like, Patrick's showing everybody. I think he only lost like six or seven games in his whole career starting over the last four years. Man, that's crazy, bro. It's yeah. crazy. So, but see, I feel like that, and that's why Lamar is is still like he's not elite. You know what I mean? Because I know I know the passing isn't like so he doesn't have the same arm talent as Mahomes or Josh or, but you can't deny that Lamar's a winner. Like this dude hasn't missed the playoffs. He came in and is a rookie. He has to develop as a passer, but he has to win. He has to win in the playoffs, and he has to win a championship. See, to me, Lamar, Lamar got to win now. Yeah. Lamar running out of time, and I and Lamar's running out of time, and so and so is uh and so is Baltimore because 
He's the only one of these, uh, you know, kind of right before the super elite guys that his ammo, what he relies on is the one thing that we all know diminishes with time. Yeah. And yeah. so to me, Lamar got like maybe a six, a seven, eight year window right now where he got to get his money. To him, I wouldn't take anything less than 42, 43 million a season. I mean, I got to get my money. You know what I'm saying? And if I was Baltimore, a good business move would say, okay, bro, well, I'm, I'm only going to sign you for like three years. We're going to go for these three-year deals at a time. Wow. So I can make sure you right after these. Because again, like, look, like I was a, I was a runner who played quarterback. Um, to me, Michael Vick was a more of a runner who can play quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, Deshaun Watson, uh, uh, Russell Wilson, those guys are scramblers. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, these are movement guys. They could beat you with their legs, but they want to throw the ball, man. Right. Like, for me, I had to have a quarterback run within the first 10 plays of offense when I played quarterback just so I could feel like I was a part of the game. But ain't that some crazy shit, man? Like, I had no. to feel like I was into the game. And I feel like Lamar is like that, too. It's like that right after sense. he get a quarterback run, that's when he can start hitting the passes yeah. and stuff. You man. see him turn on in a way. It's yeah. like once he, he kind of get a – and Josh, you know what? Josh actually said, sometimes I need a hit. Like, I need somebody to hit me, and then I wake up, and the game is fun again. Mm-hmm. Or he, he said it differently. But I feel like a lot of guys who who first instinct is like, I'm going to use my legs on this. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, so, man. So for you, because you, you played a little bit of quarterback. So when, when that happened, what made you get or was it you guys switched to running back? What, what was it that that made you say like, well, you know what? No, I really need to. I need to be the quarterback. I got to get this get this thing for my team. Oh, so I've always played quarterback, man. Like all through growing up, I was a player of the year in the state of Virginia quarterback player, you know, big Tim uh, player of the year, Heisman finalist, all, all that quarterback. My deal was I was about 10 years too early. Mm-hmm. See the, my last year of college, they were the four BCS winners were all runners. Mm. Myself, Vince Young. Um, D, well, no, DJ Shockley wasn't a runner. He was a scrambler. DJ Shockley out in Georgia mm-hmm. and Pat White in West Virginia. Um, really, Vince Young was the only one to really. Oh, and Troy Smith and from Ohio State. Vince Young really was the only one to truly, truly get drafted you know, where he should have been and got a chance to play the quarterback position. I mean, Troy did too. He won a few games, um, but it just wasn't a fad back then. Right. It wasn't. I mean, I took some snaps. I was always the team's third quarterback, so you never had to carry more than two quarterbacks because I was always the emergency guy. You know what I mean? So that was that added value. You know what I'm saying? But um, when I got to the league, they basically said, oh, no, you're you're playing running back. And then – after like my third year, uh, we got a, we got Mike Martz, who was the guy who did the you know offense coordinator and head coach during the greatest show on turf with Isaac Bruce and those guys. He pretty much invented not invented offense, but he invented a way of interpreting a certain offense, and uh, he moved me to fullback. And then when I got to Seattle, I stayed at fullback and gained a bunch of weight. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did your thing. You did your thing. But I was going to ask you about that because I noticed in, in 04 is because the way it's worded on a lot of the things that I looked up when I was preparing for this was like, you know, you got drafted and they just immediately switched you to running back. And it was just like, 
okay. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, no, no, the no, they round. no, they did. Like, don't get me wrong. I, my first number in preseason was 35. I ain't have no quarterback <laughs> number. You know what I'm saying? It was saying? like over. You, you, were, you were running back. Yeah, so, but, it, it, the big, but it was weird because you got to think, bro. When we first put on pads, when I first put on pads for the Niners to, 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 to block a linebacker on pass protection, I ain't never did that shit before. Right. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Ever, bro. When I had to play, when I had to play running back in college, Joe Paterno would tell me that on Thursday, and I would find out on from him on his radio show, like, oh yeah, I guess I'm playing running back this this week. But I would always practice at quarterback, and then I would just get back there and kind of do my running back thing. I never practiced that running back. I never pra- I practiced a little bit at receiver, but that was it. And so blocking a NFL linebacker, I couldn't even fathom that for real. Yeah. You well, so my question to you about that is is um because I know a lot of times we take out the mental health and uh emotional health aspect of things. And and a lot of times when we look at NFL players, it's like we just think that y'all are uh just the strongest in every aspect. Now you may have been, but did that did that bother you uh, mentally or emotionally at all from like, okay, well, no, I'm a quarterback and y'all basically, now I know you made it to the NFL. A lot of fans are like, he's in the NFL. So what? He's digging a check that we would never get. But your dream was probably your whole life playing quarterback in the NFL for a franchise. When that, you went to the NFL, but when the dream of quarterback wasn't realized, did that kind of almost derail anything? Did it make you, um, I'm, I'm asking this because I'm going to lead into the I noticed that you had a, an initiative with the NFL regarding the mental health yep. and, and all that stuff. So 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 I, I look at stuff differently, bro. I've always has. I've always I've always have. I look at things like I'm a, I'm a big spades player. I like to play spades. And I know when you play in spades, bro, you cannot help after that card is dealt after those cards are dealt and you pick up that hand and look, you can't help. But what the hell those you gotta cards play are. It. Gotta you got to play it. And so my you had you had what you said half right. My dream was to be in the National Football League, but I didn't see what position I was playing. I just knew I was there. Gotcha. And so when you get a team that's about to make a three million dollar investment on you for over four years and you ain't never got paid to play football before in your life. And your mom was a single parent and you grew up with you and your brother and you, you ain't never had shit. You know what I'm saying? You like. Wherever I need to play. What's up? I'm just Mm -hmm. I was just thankful that I had enough versatility to be able to last as long as I did, because most people don't go from the least uh, physical position on the field to the most physical position on the field and and actually stay and be good and make a pro bowl and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, man, I, I, I always knew my versatility would make me valuable on game day so to speak meaning i was going to always be one of the 45 guys dressed but i knew ultimately i was sacrificing the me for the we because i knew i wanted to probably or i possibly could have played quarterback and done something legit and whatever whatever and fill my pockets but i'm not too sure if i would have gotten a super bowl if i didn't have the mentality that i have now so you know just one of those things you deal with that's a good way to look at it i try to look at life like that sometimes it's easier said than done but <laughs> um, I try to no I mean that's the truth because you know the though. thing is when you have dreams and goals of something and then like it don't work out the same way it's like well wait mm-hmm. is this really what I but if you look at it like you said you made it you know there's yeah. it's, it's it's truly a fraternity and it's a special place even though people get drafted every year there's still 
a very small number of people who ever played in the NFL compared to people who haven't. So, Absolutely. yeah, no, I applaud that, man. I applaud that 100 percent. But um, talk to me a little bit about the the mental health and, and wellness initiative that that you were taking part of with, with the NFL, because I have something going on as well with the crisis center in Buffalo um, mm-hmm. for people who are suffering from dependency on, you know, alcohol abuse or substance abuse, as well as depression. So I feel like it it ties into what I'm doing. So I'm very interested to hear about, you know, your experience with that and, and kind of where it's going. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, the NFL is a big, a big company, man. Like, you know, it's a lot of moving parts. we got a lot of partnerships. We do a lot of things, um, as you know. And uh, there's a lot of people in the National Football League. They know I'm a spiritual type of a guy. I'm not, a, I wouldn't say I'm a religious guy. But I'm very spiritual. You know, I've been been to Africa. I've been to a lot of temples and meditated and been with some great monks and Dalai, you know, not the Dalai Lama, but (laughs) with great monks and stuff like that. And so I take spirituality uh, very seriously. And to me, the the mental health issue is really kind of like a derivative of somebody's spirituality. And and to me, a spirituality is kind of linking them, linking you know, themselves back to the divine, so to speak. Like, I believe the divine lives through all of us and the divine is having just an individual um, an individual experience with me and having an individual experience with you. You see what I'm saying? We're the divine mm-hmm. having a conversation with each other. So that's how I've always looked at it. And the people at the NFL always knew I, I've looked at that. So when we made this kind of partnership and got this deal to go where May was kind of mental health month, they like, Mike, dude, you got to talk about this, man, because I, I life coach people on this. And, you know, to me, it's all about that self-image of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like you wouldn't be dependent on or you wouldn't be having alcohol. You wouldn't be doing the drug or you wouldn't be taking a pill or whatever if you had the right vision or image of yourself. You see what I'm saying? And so my whole job is helping people get a better image of themselves, man, because for real, your reality is whatever you think of the most of, whatever you focus on. The reason why I made it to the National Football League is because I, I was able to, throughout the course of my life, along with the help of my friends and family and a little luck, I was able to focus on whether it's making a grade so I can play football, whether it was not going to this party so I can make the grade so I can play football, whether it was in college, whether it was staying out all night and possibly not going to class the next day or going, you know what I'm saying? All those decisions was me focusing on getting to the national football league. To me, that's, I had a, I don't know, a 15 year meditation to get Mm -hmm. there and I was able to see it. You see what I'm saying? And so, when you help people get a better image of themselves, man, like they wouldn't want to do the drug. They wouldn't want to feel with the drug or with the alcohol or whatever gives to them because they'll be feeling that themselves. And um, uh, a friend of mine uh, who's a monk, I'm not going to say his name on here, but um, wrote, written a few books or whatever. He's kind of taught me how to meditate and kind of and kind of go there, man. And so, yeah, mental health is a big deal. And I'm glad football players are finally talking about it. I think the generation is better than any generation that we've ever had as far as expressing stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I know some people think there's other agendas going on and that's a whole nother conversation. But the -hmm. fact that guys are expressing what's going on inside their heads, what they're thinking about the emotional trauma that may have happened from slavery. Like I tell people all the time, man, you know, I lost my dad for 14 years of my life due, due to marijuana. Right. And now it's late. Now I just walked through a factory yesterday in downtown Richmond where it's acres of marijuana. It's like now they're profiting yeah. off of it. But I lost 14 years with my dad from it. 
And yeah. I don't, I can't get that back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, I don't know, man, it's, it's a lot there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of link that mental health piece with my spirituality, which is big in my life. That's a, that's an annoying conversation. I mean, it's too much to have now because we're about to we're about to head out of here. But but it's the truth, man. Like it, it really annoys me that we see. And I think Jay. Well, I don't think Jay said it. Jay Z said it on one of his songs. He's like, you know, it's legal in Colorado, yet we deny black people free enterprise. Yeah. So it's like people have built businesses. Granted, back in the day, it wasn't legal, but mm-hmm. they've built businesses successful businesses and then you took their freedom you took their their livelihoods took away family structures and now because we are taxing it and it's legal mm-hmm. and there's a there's a deep conversation of course yeah <laughs> now you got everybody doing this stuff and it's just like it's cool and it's like but wait my cousin is still my uncle is still your dad lost 14 years it, mm-hmm. it's just an annoying conversation you man. can't so, get it back you can't get it back can't. i can't get those years can't. back you know what i'm Time saying is the broken you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, that, that's one of those resources that that you can't, like you said, you can't get it back. It's not a renewable mm-hmm. resource. So yeah, sorry that that I hate I hate that conversation, man. I do. Um, so but good, finishing up on, on the mental health and the, um, just to pivot a little bit on that, my man said, take care of your mentals and your chicken. Like you know, we got to take care of that mm-hmm. stuff. Marshawn, yeah, he he spoke to the the younger generation in the NFL and and gave some good words. Uh, what, what's some good, you know, I know I'm sure you've given plenty of fun stories and, and fun times with Marshawn. Can you just share what, cause, cause obviously Bills fans love him. We drafted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we wish that, that the team never sent him away. I know it was some, some stupid stuff that happened, you know, in mm-hmm. downtown Buffalo, but, but man, Marshawn is a fun dude. Can you just share a fun story of, of your time with him coming over there after he left Buffalo and, and cause I know Bills fans are lettuce. Yeah. I first met, I first met money when, um, we were actually playing the Bills at Buffalo. I was with the Niners, and uh, he walked through the tunnel, and we we chopped it up for a minute there. And then I was like, "Damn, man, that's that dude that went to Cal. I think it was his rookie year in '07." Mm-hmm. And then um, a couple years later, he's walking through the running back meeting room in Seattle with me and with teammates. I, I mean, probably one of my really good friends. I mean, man, I ain't gonna say my best friend right now, but he's we talk as as much as any other good friends talk you know what i'm saying he's always there for me my kids can call him he picks up the phone i mean this dude is a is a international name now i mean beast Mm -hmm. mode is building villages in africa i mean he got he got you know people in other countries wearing his wearing his clothes and stuff like that he's an international figure and you know he pick up he pick up so he picks up the phone for my little girls and my little and my boys you know what i'm saying like He's that good of a dude. When I was sick, my liver and my kidneys failed. Um, the last year I was in Seattle, and then I was able to get back on the team when we won the Super Bowl. He was like the only guy to come by the hospital, come see me, wow. stay with me, watch my kids one night. You know what I'm saying? Like, was there through, through the hard shit. I ain't talking about through when we went in and we going to the Super Bowl and we good. I'm talking about through me and the wifey, close to divorce. You know, we going through mm-hmm. shit. You know what I'm saying? He there. That's real. In the middle, not in the middle, but you get what I'm saying. He's there being yeah. somebody to talk to. And man, that's powerful, man. I, I I can't say enough about the dude, man. I think he he got into the league at a very young age. Uh, very young age. Uh, and like people say, I mean, like I tell people all the time, like you you can't take people's environment out of them. You think giving them a bunch of money makes that 
part of themselves go away. That's all a guy knows. You know what I'm saying? He has to learn to do better. And I think Marshawn will be the first person to tell you he's had to learn to do some better, do better, and he has done better. And so I just I know the Buffalo fans wish stuff would have went better there. I'm glad he was with me in Seattle. <laughs> I can tell you that much. But he, I think y'all just got the super young version of Beast Mode. You know what I'm saying? I think when he got to Seattle, you know, he kind of changed a little bit. He put he 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 took off his Jordans and put on some. And put on some, you know, some Stacey Adams. You know what I'm saying? Put on, put on his grown man shoes a little bit and became a pro. I love him, man. I, I, I wish that, um, like you said, early in his career, I, I wish that people had the mind and the will to be more understanding of things they didn't understand. Because I think that's really what it comes down to. I don't think it's even about removing people from their environment or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's it comes down to a place where we have to be willing to understand and listen and try to understand people that we don't understand. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, from city to city, even within certain communities, it's still different from city to city. You know, in Buffalo, I guarantee you it's different in the hood in Buffalo than it is in the hood in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's things that you got to learn. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like Marshawn got the uh, he got the short end of the, the deal on that one. But but he ended up winning a Super Bowl with you for, you know, and yep. uh, man, he, he's he's just one of those fun dudes. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll get him on the code of conduct soon. One of these days, he but he should be a Hall of Famer. He he's going be. to be. He should I be, and he's so. going to be. But you know, he didn't do the media. So, you know, if T.O., the number two wide receiver ever to play, mm-hmm. took that long to get on because of his relationship with the media, do you really think they're going to give Beast Mode any passes? I, I mean, for real. Let me ask you this, and then, and then, like, I'll close out after this. Mm-hmm. The thing is, about the voting with the Hall of Famers, I don't – I understand why – previously has been media voting i get that completely you don't think it's it's about time that we look at at the process and 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 make some adjustments to things because the thing is i really don't feel that that media interaction i don't think um i'm not a hall of famer based on how i talk to people Mm -hmm. i'm a hall of famer based on what i put on film and on film terrell owens is a beast and there's only one guy i've seen ever play the wide receiver position better than him <laughs> absolutely like, and it should and it should be that way I t- it should be it should be a meritocracy it should be with w- about what it, i did on the field but it's not we're all human like yeah. uh I t- like i told big homie to i don't write the rules i'm just telling you what they are yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. if you know that's how it is then you got to play the game i, I go around I, t- I speak to young people all the time and even some of my life coaching p- clients i'm like you got to play the game man you got to get if you if you want to be in the hall of fame one day you want to do that yeah you should have been basically auditioning for it the whole time whatever yeah. interview they need paid man and knew what the hell he was doing now paid man was okay. a great a great player on the field but if you listen to any interview paid man never gave he gave you something Mm-hmm. The media liked him. You know what I'm saying? So the minute he needed something from the media, which is the Hall of Fame votes, it happens. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to play the game, man. I think uh, I think Beast Mode's a – I don't know if – I can't remember the, the last back other than Adrian Peterson. That 07 running back class was crazy. Maybe you can talk about Derrick Henry now and Alvin Kamara, what he's doing in, in New Orleans. But I don't know if you know of – if there's been another back to transform a whole city like beast mode a whole city i would agree with you on that and really i think i think he's transformed not just cities like that but i think he's transformed um just just the way of 
the way of life for a lot of younger guys. Mm-hmm. They they've really taken to what he's done and who he is. And I really I love Marshawn. I think um he should he should have way more respect than he does. So, but bro, I'm not going like I said, we already we 46 minutes in. I Thank appreciate you, you spending this time with me, man. Like and and then obviously the 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 talk that we had prior, I appreciate you for that. Look, anytime you ever want to talk to Bills Mafia, you have an open invitation on the code kind You just hit me up and be like, bro, I, I want to talk to the Bills and, and you come Perfect. Over. Well, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to get up to a game this season. And after the game, I'll I'll be I'll, I'll jump on the show and tell you what my experience was because I already know Bills Mafia gets it in, so I can't wait. We're gonna do it, man. Real quick, you said that you um you haven't gone there. Can I sneak out a a, a prediction for you from the season? Or are you gonna wait oh, to do man. that on the network? I, so look, I usually wait. You know, I got to do it on the show. I get paid for. You know what I'm saying? I can't let I that stuff you. sneak out yet. But <laughs> but I do got the Bills going far, man. I do. Usually, to make Super Bowl predictions, it takes me two or three weeks into the season, maybe four, because I really think the first four weeks of the season that's real. That's your real preseason, because nobody really plays their starters really, really hard in the preseason. So it takes about four or five weeks to get to know these teams. But um, I'll check back. I'll check back in with you during the season and let you know. All right, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have the real Mike Rob joining me tonight on the Code of Conduct. Thank you so much, sir. Make Thank sure you, y'all follow him on all the socials. Make sure y'all check him out on the NFL Network because he's always bigging up in our boys. So y'all know how I do it here. It's the Code of Conduct. It's your boy, Jay Spence. Take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills. Code of Conduct. <laughs>